Welcome back to the Crossover Podcast, where we get comics, pop culture, and sports, and get ready for more sports talk, as we are doing Super Wild Card Weekend, as they are currently dubbing it with uh, seven games, including the first ever Monday playoff game, which, quite frankly, they shouldn't be doing, but that's neither here nor there. Well, you... just a, a quick aside here. Yeah. Let's just say the NFL called us randomly mm-hmm. and said, you know what? That Buccaneers-Eagles game and that Chiefs-Steelers game, those aren't happening. Tampa Bay and Kansas City are moving on. Does anybody feel sad about that? No. I mean, that's how it would have been two years ago, right? <laughs> exactly. Yeah. So let's just say that hypothetically just happened. I don't know if I'm going to be terribly depressed about that. Yeah, I'm not, I just, I mean, obviously so they... Yeah, and I mean, uh, clearly they had some sort of networky type reason for doing this, but I, I mean, oh yeah, it's clearly it's, it's driven by we wanted to sell one more playoff game. I yeah, understand why? Uh, yeah, I just don't under, I don't understand why they didn't do three Saturday, three Sunday, right? Didn't they do that last year? That's exactly what they did last year. Yeah. Anyway, uh, I, uh, I think that we're thinking that they want they they wanted the Monday, so mm-hmm. um, which you know, on Monday night football playoff game with a Manning cast. Again, I'm not going to necessarily reject it out of hand. I just think that, in general, the two extra games we're getting this weekend, not super exciting for me. Yeah, we'll try to give you some gambling (laughs) parts of it. But anyway, uh, this is the Crossover Podcast. I'm your host, as always, Matt Pierce. Uh, Joining me is Bill. How the heck are you, Bill? I am fantastic. Thank you very much. All right, and you heard him already. Rounding up the trifecta, as always, Craig. How you been, buddy? I'm good. I, 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 I just started saying takes before we even introduce uh, who cares what are you doing it's a it's a free-flowing conversation who cares i went right into it you joined me that's what i like about this show we fly by the seat of our pants right you know like what are you what are we gonna do we love it i had takes yeah yeah absolutely um so before we get into wild card uh weekend is there anything we want to talk about like billy you your, your team's looking for a new head coach do you want to say anything about the mike zimmer era you know what? I, I didn't hate Zimmer, but he was very good at being mediocre, um, and he was reliably so. And, and I do think that they had – he had the defense under control, then the offense got figured out a little bit. I don't know that Cousins is going to be enough to take them there with any coach. Um, I, I think he's decent, but again, never going to be great. So I, I think they need to make some changes. And the frustrating part about football is he, it's hard to make changes at eight and eight years, you know? Because you never get those juicy draft picks. So we'll see. Maybe they need a couple bad years. We'll find out. I know the Lions had a couple and haven't helped them. So we'll see what happens next year. But I think they either need to rebuild or lean in. And I don't know what it's going to be. As a fellow NFC North uh, combatant, I guess, uh, I'm a little worried about these uh, Brian Flores to the uh, to the Bears talk. I think that actually might be a good hire. That was the most stunning uh, firing of black monday was it not like when flora i was stunned when flores got fired i like he he had two winning seasons in miami that was i i I didn't understand that dolphins twitter which i get a little bit uh i i which i get a lot of uh tack from because a couple of the guys who follow this podcast are big dolphins fans and i see a lot of their stuff and whatnot but the dolphins twitter it seems split down the middle to me on not only Tua but also this Brian Flores firing. What do you what do you think of the Flores firing, Craig? I I was stunned by it. I was absolutely stunned. And and, and some of the stories came out where where he and, and and Greer seemed to have 
you know, not be on the same page. But I just don't know what more they wanted out of this guy. And here's the thing. If you're firing Brian Flores and you decided, okay, this guy is not the guy. Why did you let him win eight of their last nine games before you did it? Yeah, when when they were fire one and seven, <laughs> fire him when you're one and seven. If yeah. if if that's the way this is gonna go, fire him when you're one and seven. You you let the guy go eight and one down the stretch, and then you fire him. That makes sense. Like, I I, I don't get it. I don't get it. So if it like it just it just seems completely out of place. And uh yeah, if uh, if Flores goes to the Vikings, I think that would be a nice hire. Um, He's not on Denver's list right now. There's a bunch of guys that are on Denver's list, but Flores is not on there. Yeah, I was going to say, your boy Fangio's gone, too. I'm the only one with a stable head coach right now. Detroit Lions fan. (laughs) Woohoo! Yeah, and uh, no no one has talked about biting kneecaps other than... (laughs) True. Uh, Yeah, that's his. That's his only. (laughs) So, uh, I, I just think that... Flores would be a good hire. I get why they moved on from Zimmer. He was a guy that was really liked, though, and there's some there's some high highs in the Zimmer era. Today's the four-year anniversary of the Stefan Diggs thing. Pretty yeah, seen some clips of that. Uh, that was dope. Know. Yeah. Uh, I have some questions as to... There's, there's, there's an alternate history where Teddy Bridgewater doesn't suffer that horrible injury. Mm. The Vikings don't give up a first-round pick for Sam Bradford, and they have a really, really nice team for a while. They're not paying Sam Bradford's cap hit. They're not. They have an extra first round pick, and maybe that year where they went thirteen and three and had everything sort of go their way with Keenum, they have something similar happen with Teddy, and perhaps things go another way. Like there, there's an alternate history where the Zimmer era turns out to be pretty successful. And hey, maybe they never signed Kirk Cousins. You know what I mean? There's all these yeah, different that was things. A bad cap hit that he never really paid. He, he was okay, but never enough for that cap hit. Yeah, and that's exactly it. Uh, that's exactly it. He was one of the he was the highest paid quarterback in the league for a while. Which, if you're going into free agency to get a starting quarterback at that level, that's that's the going rate. But uh, that clearly has not delivered on its promise yet. So uh, I, I I'm I'm fascinated by this offseason for the Vikings. I think that a Kirk Cousins trade is absolutely something that's on the table here from a cap perspective. It's it's very much workable if that's something they want to do. Um, I don't know if they will. But I think there's going to be conversation about it. Um, How do you feel about Fangio being on the outs for your Broncos? Uh, I was, I did not necessarily have a very uh, passionate, uh, passionate thought either way on that. Um, If he, you know what I mean? Like I, I could sort of see the reasons to keep him. I could sort of see the reasons to let him go. The reasons to keep him, of course, like he didn't pick all the quarterbacks. That wasn't on him. The reasons to let him go, of course, would be that the team just hasn't been good enough. You know, like that's just, there's no way around it. Like they just they haven't been competitive enough. So I get why they did it. I uh, I'm hoping they I, I'm kind of hoping they they hire Nathaniel Hackett from the Green Bay Packers. Uh, but who knows? Uh, I do not want Dan Quinn, which is the rumor, and <laughs> he's had a nice job Dallas's defense this year. But I just don't want to go down that road. Mm. A couple things I want to acknowledge about last Sunday, even though I realize we're super late to the game here, but whatever, I just want to talk about it. First, I would like to acknowledge Craig's uh, 5-0 and week last weekend. That's tough to do in week, uh, in, in the first ever week 18, no less. Last week, last, uh, we all had a winning week last week, which is 
tough to do in the last weekend. So congratulations to us. We started strong. We tailed off a little in the middle and we finished strong in, in, in this particular football season. Um, I also wanted to get you guys opinions on, uh, the dual off between the lions and the Jaguars. And subsequently, when we talk about the Jaguars, that Colts loss, man, that was Jesus. That was something else. Like, like that game was over when it was seven, three, that like that, that wasn't a like, Oh man, the Jags got a couple lucky breaks, a fl- you know, a fumble here, a, a, a dropped interception there. And, and, and like, they, man, they beat the Colts ass in that game. Billy, what did you make of that? I mean, yeah, like exactly like you said, the Colts went up and I'm like, okay, well, or sorry, the Jags went up. I'm like, all right, it's it's the Jags. Let's let's slow it down here. And then they again, another one. And you're starting to think, okay, and they just could not get anything going to save their life. And I've bet countless times on the Colts because no one has been able to stop them. I don't know if this was just that we're thinking about the playoffs, but it was just a bad showing. And it's I don't think the Jaguars even played that well. I mean better than usual but i think the the colts were just bad it's crazy i mean the colts we need we need it with two weeks left in the season needing one win to wrap up a playoff spot both weeks against teams the raiders and the jaguars who fired their coach earlier under dubious circumstances rocking interim head coaches just like <laughs> like two of the biggest no effing way seasons going one of the teams ended up in the playoffs, which is crazy, and they didn't get a win against either one of them. And the Colts, they had at home, didn't they? Or Sorry, the Raiders, they had at home. Uh, they, had Did... their, they had the Raiders at home, yeah. Uh, Wentz didn't play very well. No. Uh, well, he didn't play very well against Oakland. He was, or Oakland, Jesus, against Las Vegas. He was horrible against Jacksonville. Yeah. Like, absolutely awful. And you're a Colts fan. You're looking at the situation and – you're kind of tied to this guy for a little bit unless you uh, make some painful decisions. You don't have a first-round pick because you've got this guy, and it wasn't very good when you needed him to be. And I, I just, like, if that's not going to happen, if, if that happens in Jacksonville where you can't count on the guy when you need him, like, where can you count on him? Yeah. I mean, imagine being a Colts fan, too. no guaranteed money after this coming season, but you've traded a first-round pick for a guy who's got a cap number next year of $28 million. Yeah, it's bad. It's bad. Like, you know, that's you're, you're, you're kind of tied to the guy at least next year and maybe even after that. I mean, that, uh, I mean, and like, imagine if you're a Colts fan too and you were like, okay, we just blew this. I need to get away from this for a little bit. Let me turn on a little college football on my mind. Let me watch a little national championship game. You know, nothing invested. I can wind down from this, not think about my Colts. You know, just watch George, Alabama, duke it out. And then Andrew Locke is there on the sidelines, right? And like, they're interviewing him, like, how's it going? And he's like, oh man, I've never been better. Never felt better in my entire life. So good to not be playing football anymore, basically. <laughs> Andrew like it's like god that oh man like boy a little like have andrew luck on the colts the boy that'd solve a lot of the problems they have right now wouldn't it jesus what an unfortunate uh, set of circumstances literally every problem they, they, yeah they have solved literally everything they have right now oh what an unfortunate hey, set of circumstances. yeah so yeah and and this is a gambling podcast we should mention that raiders chargers 
Sunday night marathon game that <laughs> at a certain point, like as a guy who was sweating the Raiders plus three the entire time, and I wasn't even one of the myriad of people who were posting that they had done the thing where they'd bet the Jaguar, they'd par- parlayed the Jaguars money line to the tie. And like my, my Twitter feed is just exploding with people showing pics of like, if this ties, I win 5,000. If this ties, I win too. If this ties, I win. And this, I saw a couple six figures. There's a guy that, there was a guy that had $20,000. Yeah. That, there, I saw a couple six figures. I saw a couple that had like 100k plus. If if that game ended in a tie, I, I like I'm always gonna remember that game. Obviously for the tie shenanigans, but like, would that have been the single biggest? Like if 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 Daniel Carlson had to give it the old Casey Jones, you know, oops, and kicked it like purposely wide right or something. Uh, like if 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 that would have been Vegas's like biggest single. That would have been ticket loss of all time or something, right? You know, like I just I I couldn't believe it. I really thought they were going to end it. Now, looking back on it, a the Chargers let Brandon Jacobs average over five yards a carry. Yeah, good. Can't do that. B, um, I understand why the like the Chargers the tie or the win was exactly the same. They play the Bills this week. Mm -hmm. For the Raiders, the tie is see you in Kansas City. The win is you're going to Cincinnati. You know what I mean? And and I don't think the Raiders are going to win this week. And that'll be the first game we talk about. Maybe this is a good way to transition into it. Mm-hmm. I don't think the Raiders are going to win. But I like their chances a hell of a lot better this way than I do the other way. So I understand why they felt they needed to win. I think if the Chargers had the ball in that same situation, they may have been fine with the tie from the perspective of you're going to Buffalo whether you tie or win this game. Yeah. The, yeah, I mean, and like I saw a few uh, hardcore gamblers who I follow on Twitter, who because tw- like I think it was Jason Lockenfora who who said the the Occam's Razor thing, like in regards of like the 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 Brandon Staley timeout that happened. Um, I, th- I think it was Jason Lockenfora. If not, I'm uh, whoever deserves credit for this. I'm sorry, I missed you, but I'm pretty sure it was Lockenfora who said something like, "Well, it was probably an Occam's Razor thing when he called that timeout," which is. He just simply didn't like his defense, right? And he yeah. so he called the timeout, and that was it. And I'm pretty sure that's exactly what it was. And then, you know, and then I saw a lot of like reputable gambling guys who I follow on Twitter saying stuff like, you know, saying stuff like, if you think that the Raiders coaching staff is on the sidelines thinking, if we kick this, we don't have to go to Kansas City, you're fucking out of your mind because, like, they don't think of that. They're just thinking when. And I am and I was sitting there thinking, no, you're thinking of this from a gambling perspective. The Raiders brass is very well aware of in that moment that if they make that field goal, they don't have to go to Kansas City. I'm telling you right from it. Like, like, not only like not only are they a division team and they're a good team, yeah. but the Chiefs have, like, regularly kicked their, their ass. Yeah, and I'm just like, I, I don't think it, if you're in a softball league, if you're, if you're in a, 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 a ultimately meaningless softball league on Sunday night, you're aware of the playoff seedings and stuff in your cruddy local softball league. You don't think professionals for like with like millions, tens like, of hey, millions of dollars on the line don't know what the playoff scenarios are? Did Riz Bisaccia know the playoff scenarios heading into that game? Maybe, maybe not. He may not have paid attention to the Colts game because they knew they had a chance to, to get in the playoffs no matter who won the Colts game. No, I'm pretty However, sure he was. I'm pretty sure he was well aware if they if uh, of the situation I of late. This, yeah. At some point in the second half, he probably asked somebody. Yeah, <laughs> like somebody. There, there's somebody on the sidelines who, who like yeah. it. Just it's 
come on now. There's a like, lot of people that work for the Las Vegas Raiders. Like, you don't think one of them had an idea? Hey, yeah. you know what? Yeah. I would rather not play in Kansas City next week. Nah, I'm, so, so I'm sure someone brought that up at a meeting. And, and, like, it goes back to the whole thing of they're just coaching to win the game, right? Which, you know, goes back to the Dan Campbell thing. I mean, you made, you made fun of it earlier with the kneecap speech, Craig, but, like, Sure, the Lions could have been, you know, checking a cell phone or something and see the Jaguars were going to win that game and could have taken a dive. But like, if you're Dan Campbell, you can't be like, I'm going to go out there at the beginning of the se- beginning of the season and be Mister. We're going to take a kneecap off you, guy, and then we're going to take the other kneecap off you, and then in Week 18 be like, Hey, Jared, you know, like throw it away. We don't actually want to win this game, you know. Like, you know, we want to get the first. Yeah. You can't do. You can't fucking do that, right? And like, you can't like. Hey, you- hey, you if this was last year's draft, yeah, maybe you can. Mm-hmm. Maybe you say, you know what, Trevor Lawrence is the prize here. We're losing. Yeah. In this year's draft, like the Jaguars not only could but probably should take Evan Neal, a mm-hmm. player that I don't think the Lions are going to take. Like they they drafted left tackle first overall last year. Yeah. So they'll still have the same. Kayvon Thibodeau versus Aiden Hutchinson debate whether they pick first or second. Now, is Dan Campbell thinking about that on the sidelines? No. But I I just think that this particular year, oh, we're picking first, oh, we're picking second, you know, not really a big deal. Anyway, let's move into wild card weekend. We got seven games to choose from. Second year they've been doing this with the with the only uh, one bye on each side. The two bye week teams, the Titans and the Green Bay Packers, we'll see them next week. But they're going to be resting up, getting all healthy to face a couple of these teams. Uh, first up, Saturday, the Las Vegas Raiders head to Cincinnati to take on the Bengals. This is a 4.30 start time. Tail of the tape for this one. The Cincinnati Bengals are 17th in DVOA, and the Las Vegas Raiders are 21st in DVOA. This is by far the worst matchup featuring uh, two DVOA teams. Um, Spread-wise, the Bengals were 10-7 and against the spread, and the Raiders were 8-9, and so the Bengals were decidedly better against the spread. The current line, Cincinnati Bengals minus five and a half. Billy, what do you think about this one? I think I'm on the Bengals here. I think uh, I think they'll be able to move the ball on the ground. Um, I, I don't think the Raiders are good enough to stop them. Cincinnati has been a little up and down, and they've, they, they've had some question marks in the air, but the, the run game has been very reliable, and I think we'll see that here. Um, that's kind of a few too many points, but I, I still like the Bengals here. I, I think I agree with you. Overall, I like the I like the Bengals minus five and a half. Um, I think if I'm betting this game, this is the strategy that I will employ, and we'll get Craig's opinion on this. Like, there's no telling with the Raiders if that Week 18 game was basically their Super Bowl, but they got flexed into Sunday night. They played a five quarters of football, five full quarters of football with the overtime late at night, and then are playing on Saturday afternoon. So they have the least amount of rest time of any of these teams that are going. Does that factor in? And they're going against a team that most of their best players barely participated on Sunday. Yeah. Um, That said, I think they're going to ride high enough off this game that I think they're going to be – like I wouldn't be surprised if the Raiders have the lead in the first half, and then in the second half the Bengals take over when the Raiders start to get a little tired or whatnot. Maybe so. My official gambling recommendation in this one is I want to bet the Raiders in the first half, and then I want to bet the Bengals in the second half in the game, for me. 
So I'm thinking first half Raiders, second half Cincinnati Bengals. Craig, what do you think about that strategy? I think that's fair. Um, hmm. I will say this. This game, to me, comes down to one thing, and this is what prevents it from being a blowout. The, and this is how the Raiders have to win, is they've got to generate an incredible pass rush. Yes. And they may. The Bengals' offensive line is not particularly good. In fact, it's, it might be the worst one left in the playoffs. Um, but they've got to generate an incredible pass rush to really, really get at Burrow to make it so he doesn't have a whole lot of time. Because if Burrow has time with Jamar Chase, T. Higgins, and Tyler Boyd, against this Raiders secondary, it's over. It's done. Like, someone's going to be open because the Raiders don't have enough good... They, the Raiders don't have enough good players to cover any of those guys, let alone all three of them. So someone is going to be open if Joe Burrow is able to stand back in the pocket and look at stuff. So that, to me, is the game, is can the Raiders generate pressure without um, without compromising their, their, their pass coverage? Uh, so... Is it possible that, you know, the Raiders come out and have a have a nice couple of drives and get up in the first half, and then the Bengals, uh, if the Raiders pass rush tires out a little bit and are able to pick them apart in the second half? That is absolutely on the table, so I think it's a reasonable strategy. All right. Um, uh, Craig, you went 5-0. Why don't you give your first official prediction for this, uh, for this uh, Raiders-Bengals game? Bengals. All right. I think they cover the spread. Craig is going with the Bengals minus 5.5. Uh, Bill, what about you? Bengals. All right, I'm gonna make it a clean sweep. We're going. We're all going Bengals minus five and a half. Now, uh, something I'm gonna introduce to you guys on the fly here, and I'm trying to find the odds for it. But if not, we'll just throw out a name for for funsies. Um, one of our favorite bets in the Super Bowl is the first touchdown prop. I say, why the hell, why not do this? So why don't we throw out some recommendations for this game? Who do you think scores the first touchdown in this one, Craig? Darren Waller. All right, Darren. That's a fun one. That's a very fun one, Darren Waller. I'm gonna go. I'm gonna go Hunter Renfro. So I'm going. I'm sticking with my Raiders get up early and then the Bengals come by. I'm gonna. I'm gonna stick with Hunter Renfro, who they like to get uh, near the red zone. What about you, Billy? I will go with uh, Joe Mixon. All right. So I'm gonna write these down. Renfro, Waller, and Mixon for Billy. Okay. Uh, Saturday night game, the New England Patriots head into Buffalo to take on the Bills. This has seen just the ever so slightest of movements. Uh, it opened up at Bills minus four. It is Bills minus four and a half now, and that is based on recent money that has come in on the Bills too. Now, you have to be careful with the line movements in this game. Um, because sometimes, especially with the Bills, because we noticed this last year, um, there's a lot of money that comes in on the Bills um, for guys with deep pockets who own companies in the uh, greater New York area there, uh, like Joe Mattress King or whatever the fuck last year, I remember, had like shifted a line with like a, like a half a million dollar bet or something on the Bills. So you got to watch out for stuff like that. Um, personally for me, I like, I think the bills are going to win this game, but I am dubious despite the fact he, despite the fact that Devin Singletary, the last few weeks has played well enough that he looks like he should be in the NFL, which was questionable for most of the season. I worry about the bills who I do think are going to get out to a, a lead in this one. I worry about their ability to run the ball and put the game away. 
So I like the Bills to win the game, but I think I like the Patriots to cover the spread. That's going to be me. Craig, what do you think about this one? Uh, I understand the the worry for the Bills to run the ball and not be able to, to put the game away. But I will say this. I don't know if I trust Mac Jones to chuck it all over the field and bring New England back either. Mm-hmm. That's fair. Uh, here are my Bill stats. Um, one, this is less a stat, more just a circumstantial thing. Last time these two teams played in Buffalo, the Patriots got the best conceivable weather they could have ever asked for. for yeah, this is a trifecta game. game. I forgot to mention that earlier. Rubber match, if you will. They got a 70-yard touchdown run. The Bills had two drives inside the Patriots 20 where they couldn't score. They score another one of them. The game's over. Oh, and they also got a missed field goal because there was an insane amount of wind and no human can really kick field goals in that situation, uh, at least not consistently. Um, so they get all these things go in their favor. Everything goes New England's way in that first game, and they win by four points. Four. Um, they're going to get some cold on their side this weekend, but they are not going to get. Uh, they're not going to get wind. They're not going to get snow. I think that the Bills win this game. This looks a hell of a lot like the matchup in Foxborough as opposed to the one we saw in Buffalo. Maybe Allen isn't quite as sharp because it's going to be a little bit chilly. But, uh, yeah, I, I think the Bills win this game. My other Bills stat, and this is a, this is a good one, uh, the Bills, uh, and I knew the, the front half of this stat, but not the, the back half. The Bills this season, uh, 0-5 in games decided by 7 points or less, 12-0 and in games decided by 8 points or more. Not bad. I think the Bills are due for a close win. The only other team in NFL history to have a split that wide between how you did in close games and how you did in games that were not so close was the 2000, uh, the 1999 St. Louis Rams. Greatest show on turf team. Pretty good team. 13-0 and in games decided by more than 7. 0-3 in games decided by 7 or less. They win two games by seven or less on their way to the Super Bowl. Now, I don't know if Buffalo's going to win the Super Bowl, but they are due for some things to go their way when the game is close, in my opinion. Uh, I like Buffalo this week, and I might like them next week, too, because if they win next week, they're probably going to Kansas City. I think I might like Buffalo in that situation, too. Yeah, I, I, I think I agree with you. And I, I did find the odds on the first touchdown, by the way. Renfro's uh, plus 850, Waller's plus 1100, and Mixon's plus 450. So there's some there's some good odds there. Um, weather will be a factor in this game, obviously. Well, not quite like the wind was in the, the, wind was in the first one, but uh, it is expected to be very cold there in uh, Buffalo this weekend, which gives... Uh, Bills Mafia, plenty of time to warm up with a few, uh, you know, few dad sodas before the game. Uh, tail of the tape for this one, the Buffalo second in DVOA, the New England Patriots. Uh, where are you hiding, New England? Fourth. <laughs> this is actually the closest matchup in terms of DVOA. Uh, man, yeah, Buffalo, Buffalo second, New England fourth. Spread-wise. And, and here's one other thing I want to say about the Patriots before we uh, before going to get, get on to Bills take mm-hmm. is – Miami, I thought, did a great job of we're just taking everything away from you over the middle. Yeah. And if Mac wants to beat us with sideline throws, let's do that. And uh, didn't quite work out for New England. And we'll see if Buffalo does the same. Bills nine six and two against the spread. Patriots ten and seven. I mean, it sounds like you're on the Bills, Craig, and I'm on New England. So Bill, you're going to be the rubber match here before before we get 
Bill's opinion here, I do want to state that I I should state that I am going against some of the the worst gambling adages by taking this Patriots spread here, which is rookie quarterback on the road in his first ever like in, in, in a playoff yeah, game, actually. which is bad. That said, I got Bill Belichick in my corner who bucks these types of trends. So keep that in mind, uh, Billy, when you talk about the Bills in the minus four and a half right now. Yeah, no, I like uh, I like the Patriots as well. Um, I, I they are talking, yeah, minus twenty something like that. That's a tough game to really air it out like Buffalo sometimes wants to. If this game is hard fought and on the ground, I think we see this one get settled by very few points, and I'll take as many as I can get. So I like New England here. All right. Uh, so Bill, your official pick is New England. Yes. Who do you like for first touchdown in this football game? Let's go with. Stephon Diggs. Okay. Let me find what Diggs is going off. Diggs is going off at uh, 7-1 for first touchdown. Craig, official prediction for New England Buffalo. Josh Allen. Oh, nice. And Buffalo minus the four? Oh, yeah. Okay. Uh, what is that's, Allen? I think to... that's favorite bet of the week. Josh Allen. Josh Allen first touchdown or Buffalo? Buffalo to cover the spread. Josh Allen first touchdown is eight to one. Wow, that's juicy. He runs it in a lot, <laughs> like a lot, a lot. So uh, I'm gonna I'm gonna take Damian Harris. I'm gonna take Damian Harris to run run one in earlier for the uh, for the uh, for the Patriots. He's going off at uh, six and a half to one. So I like that one. And we are moving on to Sunday Fun Day. And the boy, we got some barn burners on Sunday. It's not a great Sunday slate, even though it's a freaking playoff weekend. Um, first up, the Philadelphia Eagles are heading into Tampa Bay to take on the Buccaneers, a line that has seen a decent amount of movement. This line actually opened up a Buccaneers minus 10, and it has moved, and the Sharps came in hard on uh, Philadelphia. And it was immediately dropped to eight and a half, where it spent most of the week. Um, but the latest uh, number is uh, currently sitting at bucks minus eight. So we've seen two lines of movement right now in the Buccaneers' uh, favor. Uh, Tail of the tape for this one: Buffalo, or sorry, Tampa Bay, third in DVOA. Philadelphia, fifteenth. Uh, so middle of the pack. Uh, Spread-wise, the Eagles were eight, eight, and one. So exactly even. And the Tampa Bay Buccaneers were nine and eight, so not much to discern there uh, in terms of the spread records for both teams. Um, ah, man, uh, this is weird because this is a weird game. The Eagles can run the ball a little bit, but the Bucks have one of the better run defenses in the league. That said, their secondary is really bad. Can Jalen Hurts take take advantage of the of the? This game, this is uh, this is it's a strength, bad one. It's a strength and strength because the yeah. strength is, hey, we can run the ball really well, and Tampa Bay is good at defending the run. Yeah. So that being the case, um, well, here's what I'd be concerned about if uh, if I'm the the Eagle, well, the Buccaneers for starters, Levante David, you need him in this game. Like I don't think they lose if Levante David doesn't play, but he. He's just going to be a big part of getting Philadelphia off the field. And he, it seems, is going to be good to go. So that is uh, really, really good news. Uh, really, really good news for um, 
for the the Buccaneers. Well, I shouldn't say it seems like he's going to be good to go, but the signs are pointing that way. Uh, also, for the Buccaneers, they may have Shaq Barrett back. Should be good for them. And they looks like they're going to have Jason Pierre-Paul back, too. So they're getting healthier up front. Um, I think that they are going to obviously need these guys that defend the run uh, because they're not going to score as many points as we're used to. Like they're just they're going to have a harder time. I'm fascinated to see what type of offensive set they come out in. How often are we going to see three tight end sets for Tampa Bay in this game? I think we may see it frequently. So that'll be interesting too. Yeah, I'm debating on my first touchdown for them because like. There's a couple I like. I might I might bet one on each side in this one because I kind of like. I'm looking at it right now, and I kind of like Cameron Bright going off at 14 to one That's to be exactly the. That's exactly who I was going to say was Cameron Bright. Yeah. I'm thinking the odds would probably be good on Bright. He's he scores a lot of touchdowns, and if they're running two tight end sets, yeah, or three, obviously, um, he's a he's a decent target. All right. Um, spread boys, I think I like the Eagles to cover. Um, I mean, we were here with the Buccaneers last year. And the weirdest game they had was the wild card uh, weekend against the Washington football team and Tyler Heineke, who was making his first NFL start, if you were, or like second or third or something. And uh, we did still like that Washington team to cover. And I think for those reasons, I like the Eagles to cover too. Maybe there's a backdoor situation here, and the Bucs do just enough to get this win. And the Bucs' offense, it's, it's you know, I mean, they're, they're – <sighs> It's got to clip them at some point, missing all these guys, right? Now, they might be getting Fournette back, which is also helping, too. But, I mean, it's it's not great. Personally, me, I like the, I like the Eagles plus the eight. But I'm – or, like, obviously, you're not getting the best of the number anymore, though. So, I don't I don't know what to say. Billy, what do you think on this one? Yeah, I, I think you probably take the points. I don't know that Tampa Bay is going to completely run away with it. I don't know that – Brady will be able to do whatever he wants, um, and, and you're getting enough points there to make it worth your while. So I'm taking Philly here, but I am certainly confident Tampa Bay wins this football game. Okay, so Bills on Philadelphia. Uh, who do you like for first touchdown? Let's go with, well, Mike Evans. Okay. Uh, Craig, anything to add on this one and your or your official pick? Yeah, my pick is going to be the Eagles cover the spread. Okay. Um, and yeah, I want Bray for first touchdown. Okay, I like Bray for first touchdown. I'm gonna, I'll give you Bray. I'll switch up another guy. I'll go with a, I'll go with an Eagle. Yeah, that fourteen to one is is pretty good. I'm gonna, I'm gonna go, I'm gonna go with Devonte Smith. I'm gonna go with Devonte Smith at fifteen, fifteen to one. I like that number because I think if anybody gets in for for the Eagles. It's uh, probably probably going to be him. Okay, so now we move on to the Sunday afternoon game, which uh, is kind of upsetting that uh, Summerall and, and Madden, may they both rest in peace, are not around to make the call on this one, uh, is, is what I say. You take a Summerall and Madden call from a 49ers and Cowboys play. <laughs> from the 90s and just put it over this one regardless of what's going on <laughs> yeah exactly it just sort of like you, you know how they like, do i don't that. know if cbs i assume cbs has nance and romo on the call for this game yeah i don't know why CBS has the game but i would be stunned if it's not nance and romo oh big play um, jim <laughs> yeah yeah exactly like can we not just have the dulcet tones of pat summer all describing the play-by-play of this game like is oh. there a way to make this 
Yeah, like you know, like you know how they do that de aging stuff and all the uncanny valley in the Star Wars movies with like Carrie Fisher and, and whatnot. Is there is there a way to no. just have the robot like to, to find the robot voices of Summerall and Madden and have them call in this game? Just oh, it's, it's either way. It or if we're not going to do it this week, if the Niners win, guess who they play? The Green Bay Packers. You know yeah. what I mean? Like yeah. these, are, this is '90s NFL on Fox. Those were the three teams, right? So, Absolutely. Yeah, yeah for play. sure. Um. So the current uh, spread for this one is Cowboys minus three. I'll give you the tail of the tape and then the the, the weirdness surrounding the betting on this one. Uh, the Dallas Cowboys uh, had the best record uh, ATS this year at 13 and four. Uh, pretty much blew out everybody. And the San Francisco 49ers were nine and eight. So uh, a bit of a disparity there. Uh, DVOA wise, Dallas finished number one. Um, but obviously that's got a lot to do with the division they played in, quite frankly, because they did not finish strong. San Francisco finished six, so DVOA-wise, very good matchup. The weirdness gambling-wise around this one is it opened at Cowboys minus three, and it has stayed there. The Sharps came in hard on the Niners, and the line still didn't move, and I assume it's because Vegas thought that the public was just going to come in on the the Cowboys eventually. They have not. In fact, the public has joined in on the 49ers. So the 49ers are an underdog who everybody believes in, which is, boy, that's that's tough. Now, there's still plenty of time for the public to come in, and I would imagine sometime before the game, there's got to be a lot of Dallas Cowboys money coming in, right? Like, that just... It's just insane, but that's the current situation. And, man, the fact that, like, the 49ers were, like, one of my like locks of the week, but the the fact that every single person is on them, sharp and public, has me so worried right now because like the money and the tickets are coming in on the Niners. That is frightening to me. Uh, Craig, what do you think about this one with the Cowboys laying three? I love the Niners money line. Yeah, I just <laughs> what do we? I just man, what do we do with this I one? That's it, just I think the Cowboys are a good team. They're a good team with a good roster. This is a bad matchup for them. Yeah. And the, and the Niners are getting healthy, man. They, they, I mean, you talk about the Bucks getting healthy, and the Niners are getting healthy all of a sudden for, for this game. That said, this is Jimmy Garoppolo on the road. Should we be worried about that sort of thing? It may not need Jimmy. If you have those gadget run plays, and here's the thing about the Cowboys defense we've seen a little bit this year, is they've got a bunch of young, athletic, good guys at linebacker. They have a bunch of good players in this team. If you kind of mess with their eyes a little bit, sometimes you can find some mistakes, and no one's better at messing with people's eyes than Kyle Shanahan. So I I just think this is a bad matchup for the Cowboys. I think that the Niners are gonna be should be able to to find some ways to, to block the Cowboys defensive front. I think that the Niners defensive front has a bunch of really good players on it. And the Cowboys offensive line, we're used to it being like a, a mega strength. It's not bad, but like there's been some times this season, including the game against Denver. Uh, I'd be concerned about their ability to block people up. And I'd be concerned about the ability of the 49ers to kind of control this game on the ground. So I'm uh, I'm all about the Niners. Yeah, <laughs> me too, Billy. Uh, I'm, I'm on the Niners. Craig's on the Niners. What do you think? Yeah, I the Cowboys have not had to play many good teams this year um it's it's hard to know how they're gonna adjust to playing what is actually a respectable football team 
I'm going to say the Niners as well. Although I, I do hope Dallas is able to put a, a good, like their offense has looked fantastic for the last however many weeks. Um, but against these soft teams, now they're playing a real team. I think they'll struggle a bit more. I'm going to say San Francisco. Yeah, it's, yeah, so make it a clean sweep. We're all I, I will say this, of the teams, to, to Bill's point, sorry, of the teams that are hosting playoff games this weekend, as in the teams that won their division this year, the Cowboys played exactly one of them. It was the Tampa Buccaneers in week one. Yeah. And now, sorry, they, they played Kansas, they played Kansas City as well and lost that game 19-9. That was an ugly football game. Yeah, and the one against the uh, the Bucs, I remember, or the the Bucs was a weird game in week one too, wasn't it? Didn't, didn't the Bucs get way ahead and then the Cowboys came storming back? Am I remembering that correctly? Or Yeah, that sounds about right. Yeah. But it was so long ago. Yeah. <laughs> Will this horrible season never end? Uh, yeah, God, I'm just so frightened by the fact that the public's on the Niners. This is like, the, <laughs> like we, we have the nobody believes in us team usually, but the Niners are the everybody believes in us team, which is so frightening. I'll just, uh, maybe I'll feel a little bit better if I see that public money come in on the Cowboys right before the game, but there's no way they're moving the line at any, like this line's staying where it is. I expected it to get the Niners plus, th- uh, plus four. But Vegas was smart, man. They set this at three because if they put this at four, the Sharps would have come in even harder. So once again, Vegas just on their shit, man. I don't, I don't know how they they do it. They can't have, yeah, I, I, yeah, they, they, they can't have this line move because they're no, they're in a situation where because like the other thing that could happen is if they um, move the line to you know four and a half and the Cowboys win by four all of a sudden they're giving it a lot of money so yeah no 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 they, uh, they're this line's not going anywhere it's it's three the, the rest of the way for sure this is I've just I've stunned stunned that the that the public came in on the Niners it, it's oh well we can talk about the public in this next oh actually we didn't do our first uh so, so we're all taking San Francisco plus the three um, I'm going to take Brandon IU plus 1300 for first touchdown. Billy, what do you think for first touchdown in this game? I will say that the Cowboys score first. Give me, give me Zeke. Yeah, that's just, yeah. I mean, you got to stick with what works, right? He's, he's, he's five to one. So yeah, uh, Craig, who do you think? I will take George Krieger Kittle. All right, let me see what Kittle's going off at. Kittle is ten and a half to one. That's surprising. I gotta say, to uh, honor George Kittle's middle name, stop, stop. Correct. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. <laughs> All right, Sunday night game. Oh my God. Uh, in what could be, should be, probably will be Ben Roethlisberger's last game. Inexplicably, this Pittsburgh Steelers team, even though I bet they're over. Inexplicably, this is a playoff team. Uh, the Steelers head to Kansas City to take on the Chiefs. This line opened up at 12 and a half. Chiefs minus 12 and a half. And I'm surprised it didn't open up at uh, Chiefs minus full two touchdowns, which surprised me. It opens up at 12 minus a half. Briefly spent some time at Chiefs minus 12 and then went right back up to uh, 12 and a half. So obviously the Sharps came. Once they dropped that, that half point, the Sharps came in hard. So that half point meant a lot to the Sharps. And uh, they, they, they were like, nope, and put it right back up to 12 and a half, where, which is where it's going to stay the rest of the way, I would imagine. Um, tail of the tape for this one, the Kansas City Chiefs 7th in DVOA, Pittsburgh 24th. Good God. Um, yeah, easily the, uh, the 
worst team DVOA wise. Uh, Steelers eight nine against the record or against the spread. Chiefs same thing eight nine against the spread. Nothing to discern there. Um, I don't know what to say about this one other than I'm on the Chiefs minus the twelve. Billy, uh, who you got in this one? Yeah, I like the Chiefs too. I, I have no faith in Pittsburgh, and I think the Chiefs like. Start of the season, they were a little rocky, but I feel like they've really fixed it up. So I think they're playing at their best. Pittsburgh has not been playing at their best in a long time. Uh, I'm going Kansas City here. Uh, I mean, Craig, uh, who, who you got in this one? We're both on the Chiefs. Is it a clean sweep? Uh, yeah. I just think this Pittsburgh team's bad. You know what I'm pissed off about uh, from that Raiders-Chargers tie situation? That this that had happened watching yeah. – we were watching Justin Herbert this weekend instead yeah. of Ben Roethlisberger. God, he was a he was a fucking bad mamma jamma in that in that he game. He was so good in that game. That he that was so good that, that last drive that had like I think thirty seven play. I'd never seen a thirty seven play drive before in my life, and then I think it had like I, I think what was it thirty thirty of those thirty seven plays. <laughs> there were like three fourth and ten conversions yeah. in that drive. Yeah, that it was, was yeah. I'm exaggerating, but the actual numbers were like 19 plays, all of them throwing plays, and I think there were like four fourth and tens or something that he converted, which is just, good lord, that was that was something else. I'd, I'd never seen anything like that, especially when I was sweating the plus three, and I was like, how am I sweating this based on how this game went? Oh, it was the life of a gambler, man. It's 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 tough. Uh, so we're all in the Chiefs. Can it, can we make a case for the Pittsburgh Steelers to come away with a with an in, insane upset? Keep in mind, we we saw basically the same upset uh, in the an upset similar to this in that Jaguars game. Like, can can we come up with a with a feasible Steelers uh, roadmap to victory here? I can't see it. Not uh, the way Roethlisberger no, is here's, here's the roadmap. I guess is. You know, there's a couple of tipped interceptions by Mahomes. Mm-hmm. Um, the the Steelers are really able to move the ball on the ground, really able to move the ball on the ground, which I think is going to be tough, but maybe. Um, and um, you get one big chunk play to Claypool or to Johnson um, that is like a 60-yard a touchdown that kind of – like because like the Steelers aren't going to be able to just slowly move the ball down the field against Kansas City with any sort of efficiency. They're going to need a big player too. So that's kind of what you, – you just need all that stuff, and even that may not be enough. Yeah. I mean, like that – I mean, it's it's got to be like kind of a three-pronged attack, right? Like they got to win the turnover battle. They got to – TJ Watt's got to play out of his mind, and then – Roethlisberger probably has to make two, maybe three big throws, right? Which, does he have two or three big throws left in him? I don't know. But, like, that's that's kind of the situation. But, uh, yeah, we're, we're all on the Chiefs here. Um, Craig, who you got for first touchdown? I'm going to be boring and say Travis Kelsey. Yeah. I mean, you got to gotta stick with what works, right? Uh, he is plus 450. Uh, I'm going to go with... I'm I'm gonna I'm gonna be boring. I'm gonna be boring. Right. I'm gonna be the other side of boring on this one, Craig. Which is uh, Tyreek Hill. I'm gonna say Tyreek Hill plus four hundred. So four to one. Billy, who you got in this one? I will say Mahomes runs one in. Oh, I like that. I like that. Or catches one. I'll take that too. <laughs> 
Yeah. <laughs> bad idea. I don't know who's gonna. I don't know who throws it for Kansas City on some sort of weird gadget play, but I love it. I love yeah. it. Yeah, Mahomes is <laughs> Mahomes is fifteen to one, which is <laughs> that's that's just a lot of fun. You get a premium if you bet receiving. What is? Uh, I am curious. Najee Harris, Najee Harris is eight fifty to one. That might just be worth a unit, honestly. Just to see, like. Maybe they get a turnover. Maybe there's a maybe there's a pass interference on the one. That's not bad for a, a starting running back who's pretty darn good to maybe just plunge one in from the goal line, right? So that, that's not that's. Pitch, by the way, might play in this game. Ooh, let me see if there's any Schuster odds. Nah, we don't have any first touchdown odds for Juju, unfortunately. He's he's not officially off IR yet, but there's just a chance ah. he goes. Okay. All right, uh, all right. One game left, and I was marking remarking to Bill before we started this pod that uh, is it's kind of upsetting that th- these two teams ended up playing each other because these are kind of the two janky teams that you want to bet against, <laughs> but unfortunately they're playing each other, so you can't. Um, the Cardinals head to Los Angeles to take on Matt Stafford and the Rams, and it is Rams minus four where it has been and has stayed the entire week, and I don't see it moving uh, whatsoever. Maybe half a point in one way or the other if uh, some, some big-time money comes in somewhere. Ah, tail of the tape for this one. The Arizona Cardinals 10-7 and seven against the spread. The Los Angeles Rams were 8-9, and nine, so the uh, Cardinals were much better. DVOA-wise, Arizona 10th, and the Rams are 5th, so the Rams are favored at DVOA. <sighs> um, the Cardinals are getting a lot of love from the public. I haven't seen the Sharps weigh in on this one yet. Not, not too many heavy groups, anyway. The... <sighs> The, the, the waddle thing perplexed the shit out of me because I was I was I was fully prepared to bet the Rams but the, the, the waddle thing reeked of desperation to me that Weddle? was so Weddle sorry I keep saying waddle Weddle the Weddle thing reeks of desperation well, it's to not me not so much reek of desperation it's we have three safeties who are hurt yeah you know like that's it's not that hey we need to like you know shore up our safety court because these guys haven't played very well like taylor rapp's not gonna play you know like that's that's a problem uh so it's a matter of they just needed like real life live bodies that was the problem so if it like rap isn't gonna play that's a problem they they need rap he's a good player um they, they, they just um and they I'm, now I'm, his name's escaping, but they lost their other safety in the game against the 49ers as well. And when Rap and, and, and he both went out, that's when things got ugly for them. So I think the Rams will figure something out. I, uh, I, I think that they will be okay. Uh, but, geez, it is, uh, it is not a good situation for them in the secondary. I'm just not sure that the Hopkinsless Cardinals are the team to really take advantage of that. Yeah, I mean, some people might be getting healthy for the Cardinals. It sounds like J.J. Watt might play in this freaking game, which is, and, you know, there's a few Hopkins rumors. I don't think Hopkins is going to play. Watt's got a better chance of playing than me, but, again, I'm no I'm no doctor. Oh, or... It doesn't look like Hopkins is going to go. No, no, not at all. Uh... Jordan Fuller, Sarah, thank you, sorry. Jordan Fuller is the other safety, and he's yes. going to be able to... And that's bad. That's bad. Yeah, it's weird that this is... 
it's a bit lower for these two high octane offenses. The over under is 49, right? And these are these are two very good offenses going at each other. And you figure 49 might be a little bit low. Wind, but... Wind's offering a 50. Um, yeah, yeah, but the, even then, that's that's still a little like what I would have thought with my you know dumb sports guy brain that I would have thought that that would have been a little like I would have guessed that one would have been a little bit higher. And that's why I don't set the odds in Vegas. They're much smarter than me. But here we are. Uh, Rams minus four. Billy, what do you think on this one? Yeah, I, I like the Rams here. I, I think we are going to see an air show. 50 does seem low to me. I think there's going to be a lot of back and forth, but I really like Stafford to get the better end of this in the long run here. Um, I wouldn't mind having a few extra points, but I, I think Stafford is able to get a bit of a lead here. So I'm going to go with the Rams uh, to cover. Okay, you're going with the Rams minus four. I think I think we got the same slot here, uh, the, the the same six. We're, we're on the same side for all six because I'm taking the Rams minus the four as well. I mean, the Stafford thing is a little bit scary. He has not played well. He has not played well, and then – this whole thing, and I've seen a, I've seen a few people pointing out things that like the difference between Stafford and Goff hasn't. It just it like Stafford hasn't given them that much of an edge, um, based on a lot of the advanced numbers and whatnot. So it's like he gave up a lot for a guy who didn't who didn't give you a lot of, you, you know, who like based based on what you gave up for him didn't didn't increase your your odds of winning that much, which ugh, to me is. I'm in the bag for this yeah. Rams team. Obviously, I, w- I want to see the Stafford get a get a ring, but it could be tough. It could be tough. Uh, Craig, uh, Billy, and I are on the Rams. Who you got? I got Rams too. Uh, okay. And here's my thought process. I think Stafford makes enough plays, and I think there is a version of this game which uh, involves a very close situation and Cliff Kingsbury making a mistake. So I, I think the Rams will win the game. I think they probably cover the spread too. So uh, some places offering, by the way, FanDuel is offering a three and a half. Just, you know, you're someone who has, uh, who has several uh, sports book apps and you want yeah. to uh, uh, find yourself an extra half point and go to FanDuel for this game. If you like the Rams. Yeah. FanDuel, they always kind of have weird lines like that. Cause they do all sorts of like odds boosting and stuff like that. And, and they try to entice people by giving them odds where you're like, how, why the hell is the line that? Right. And so, got to be careful with that FanDuel and DraftKings stuff. But, uh, yeah, I mean, hell, go for it. Um, first touchdown. Uh, Craig, who you got for this one? Uh, I'm going to be boring again. Cooper Cup. All right. Four and a half to one for Cup. Uh, Billy, who you got in this one? I will take Sony Michelle. Okay, Sony Michelle is six to one. I'm gonna be fun in this one. I'm gonna take Matt Stafford plus twenty two hundred. Uh-huh. I'm gonna Matt Stafford on the goal line, fakes the handoff to Michelle, bootlegs to the right, and he waddles into the end zone. I've seen him do it, and I've seen him do it in Detroit. He's gonna bust it out for his one and only rushing touchdown of the playoff. Actually, I'm pretty sure he has a rushing touchdown in his playoffs because I think he got one in that Saints game the one time. But uh, that was that was a while <laughs> that was a while ago, obviously. So. The only game we disagree on so far, guys, is uh, Craig's on the Bills and Billy and I are on the the Patriots to cover the spread. So uh, 
we seem to be a little bit simpatico going into the uh, the super wild card weekend. Uh, so that is it for this week. Uh, Crossover podcast. That means something weird is going to happen. Like, is Pittsburgh going to beat Kansas City? Like, I don't. I mean, no. I I would say I I would say. I would say the Cowboys thing would be the most likely thing that we get wrong, or the Cardinals could beat the Rams. That that wouldn't like completely blow us away, right? If the Cardinals went into L.A. and Joel got a W. This weekend, right? Like you're like, what the hell? Yeah, it's Eagles Steelers. Oh, yeah, Philadelphia, Philadelphia or Pittsburgh wins. Those are the yeah. what the hell? Yeah, those Anything are else, like okay, you know. Yeah, those yeah, those are the only ones. Yeah, like if the Patriots beat Buffalo, it, like we're just gonna shrug and go, well, old Bill did it again, didn't he? And like if the Raiders go. And if the Raiders go into Cincinnati you'd, and, and get a W, you'd be a little shocked, but also you'd be like, ah, the Bengals, they're a year away, not quite ready yet. Got their, got their, uh, you know, got their ears wet and, you know, Derek Carr just, you know, you know, all those, all those wily Raiders, you know, and like, I actually everything's have. Been going, everything's been going Vegas's way for a month. So yeah, they sort of a thing. In here, like that's that's the sort yeah. of stuff that could happen. Absolutely. Yeah, Niners Cowboys. I'm not like look, the line for that is literally minus three. So they're saying this is an even game, and Dallas is getting a three point home bump. So there's no, you know that that that's basically the equivalent of this could go either way, right? And Rams Cardinals is only one point <laughs> off of that, and you know like yeah, so yeah, it's it's Steelers Chiefs, which are the two high high line, like the two touchdown or more lines. Those are the only ones where we would be visibly upset specifically if the Steelers won I think like like if the Eagles win eh, whatever but like I'd prefer that not to happen because then I think the Eagles go into Green Bay where they would get fustigated <laughs> in the divisional round right so uh yeah um yeah so that is it for uh, us this week uh, crossover podcast available at the crossoverpodcast.com facebook.com slash crossover podcast and itunes was right subscribe five stars only we're also on google play spotify and stitcher and pretty much any podcatcher you happen to be listening to so please check us out and leave us a review on any of those um that'll be it for this week we'll be back next week breaking down super wildcard weekend and then uh we'll break down the divisionals and probably some more first touchdown bets because i really like this it's uh, we'll see how many of those that we hit. Um, that is it uh, for this week. Take care. Talk to you next week, and we'll see you next time on the Crossover Podcast. Mm-hmm.